Standing Up in Bikini. This is According to Callus, episode 586, coming to you on the 20th of February, the year of our Lord, 2024. Uh, this morning at 8 o'clock, I dropped a interview with none other than Jeremy Ivanowski's. I butchered your name, Jeremy. I'm sorry. Uh, Ivanowski. Yeah, there we go. In any case, uh, we spend about an hour and a half chatting about various different things. It's, uh, I think, very fun, enjoyable. You should take your time out and go listen to it. Um, in the meantime, today is a Texas Tuesday. What does that mean? Well, for the purposes of today, uh, normally it's, you know, a state day, right? We're going to do Texas or Texan. Um, the Texit situation has been put to bed temporarily. Uh, it's not going to go away. Um, I think the Republican Party um, did not operate in good faith. But that being said, not going to be bitter, not going to be upset. I certainly wouldn't want to sue them. Uh, I think we made, or the leadership made an error in trying to do that. But those things have all been resolved. We're ready to move on. What does that mean? What does that mean to you and I? Well, right now, early voting started. That's right. The 19th was yesterday. The 20th is today. And it's the first day of early voting. So while we're going to talk about early voting, let me remind you that we inserted a plank in the platform last go around, basically indicating that we wanted to do away with early voting. If we were going to do anything, we were going to offer three consecutive days of voting or perhaps four. In other words, you'd have Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. There'd be no gap. There'd be no pre-count. There'd be no way that they could fudge the numbers in theory. Now, ideally, in my perfect world, you'd get one day. One day to vote, that's it. Uh, we, we would even, or I would say, I would even allow for the notion that give 18 hours, right? Start at midnight the night before and roll through to 6 p.m. in the evening. Something along those lines. I'm not sure how that would play out. I'm sure somebody will claim something and, you know, various names will be thrown. But the reality is the fact that we allow for two plus weeks of voting is ridiculous. It's a crime in and of itself. You want to protect the border. You got to fix the elections. You can't fix the elections unless you actually admit there's a problem. Unfortunately, while some people believe they're secure, and to some degree they are not. I mean, again, Jeremy and I do spend some time talking on this. It was kind of uh, interesting. The fact of the matter is, there is no 100% infallible way to hold a vote or an election and prevent all cheating. You can minimize it. You can find ways to make it difficult. You can persuade people it's a bad idea. You can disincentivize, i.e., lock people up, find them if they do those things. But at the end of the day, it's dependent upon people being honest, people doing the right thing. And we live in a fallen world and that's tough. That's that's hard to come by to find people that actually want to honor commitments, honor their time, their energy, right? They, they want to do the right thing. That's That's tough to come by. So as we look at the future and we see the, uh, let's call them possibilities, we have to make P 
peace with the fact that there is never going to be anything that's 100% infallible. But if we can go from a 50% reliability to a 70% reliability to an 80% reliability and work our way up to maybe a 95% reliability, I'd be quite happy with that. I really would. Interestingly enough, I, I wonder just how many cities out there are actually bright blue. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm certain most of them are light blue. Perhaps some of them are just flat out purple, but are they all really that blue? I mean, and hard, dark blue? I, I don't know. I, I'm i not sure that I buy that anymore. I mean, it's easy and it's fun to poke fun of, but the reality is uh, a good number of people have been shifting around and they see what happens and they see the negative results of the bad policies. Many of those bad policies are Democrat, progressive, leftist ideas. That does not allow for the Republican Party to escape critique. They have their own problems, their own shortcomings. But most large cities are, in fact, run by a Democrat machine, the the uniparty machine that has a D after it, right? People are starting to wake up to that, or so we think, so we believe. We want to think forward, right? Come on, guys, you don't need to go that far to the left. I mean, but if that's all we're selling, we're selling nothing. We're slow. We're slowing down the rate of which we die. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry to put it that way, but that's really what it boils down to. And at the end of the day, right at the final analysis, it is always a battle for control. It's who gets to call the shots. Now, unfortunately, the people that I teamed up with, right, the right of center folks, a lot of them actually want to do the right thing. And that's a good thing, but they do the right thing and punish themselves. They, in spite of themselves, they suffer the consequences and they just lament the fact that the other side never holds itself accountable. Never, you know, it, it's kind of like darned if you do, darned if you don't. I mean, you can ignore the bad things that your own team does in order to protect your own power. And if it was actually your power and you were actually winning and we were pushing back and making aggressive changes to get rid of this leftist progressive nonsense, boy, I'd be willing to turn a blind eye for a period of time. I would. I'd be willing to consider it. I should put it that way. And it would be for a period of time. But we can't even get our people to do that. No, no, they sell each other out and they attack each other day in and day out. And we can't get anything done because our inter-party fighting is so much more important in purification and the circling firing squad. That's how we get things done, don't you know? <laughs> now, I'm certain the outcome of this primary will be very interesting. I, I The civil war going on within the Republican Party is something else. And I think we, the people, we're the ones that are going to lose. Now, in some cases, we might get marginally better candidates or we might get the same candidates with marginally better attitudes. But I, I'm not looking forward to a massive improvement. In fact, we're going to go down there. We're going to have our state convention. We're going to say these are all the things that we expect. These are what the principles and these are what our platform planks are. And these are the legislative priorities we want. And then our elected officials are going to go to Austin and promptly ignore almost everything. 
oh, they might deliver 50% of the the uh, legislative priorities just so they can tell us they've had their latest version of the most conservative uh, legislative uh, meeting yet, right? <laughs> I had to be real careful <laughs> where I go with this. Um, that's why I'm pausing. That's why I'm using the uh, <clears throat> gap words here. I'm shortly coming to the con- or the conclusion that maybe those people that have said all along that our solution is not political, our solution is not found with man and law, the solution is much more difficult, much more involved, and that's really what we need to deal with. We need to wrestle with the bigger picture. To me personally, I always have known that that's, there's truth behind that. It's just that you don't want to acknowledge it. You don't want to accept it. You want to believe that this is something that can be dealt with on a temporal base level that we humans can fix ourselves, right? Especially those of us that you know believe that humans are rational beings and they make rational choices and they do things to their best interests as they understand them. Well, that's maybe not always true. Now, what does that mean? So not only do we have a battle for control within the Republican Party, we've got a battle for control within the Uniparty, and then we've got a battle for control for those that are in Texas versus, honestly, everyone else. And then we've got a battle for control of ourselves. And all this is playing out, and we don't have good answers. Now, my devout Christian... uh, family members or friends, you know, their answer would be something along the lines of take it to Jesus and you need to pray about this. And my answer is always, yes, I know that. But I also have a more practical, immediate need to deal with the issue in front of me. So yes, while saying that we're going to pray for it is helpful, useful, and appropriate, it doesn't deal with the issue in front of your face. I don't know what a good answer is. I do know that, you know, there's <laughs> there's memes out there now, which I think are hilarious, but setting aside the obvious distinctions between the various flavors of Christianity, there's, you know, the Protestant, the Orthodox, and the Catholic branches. And then, of course, if you want to throw in the Orientals and the uh, Coptics, but by and large, we all believe one Savior, right? So one of the most important things that I remember from the Old Testament is Daniel refuses to obey the king when he lays down an edict. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego also refuse to kneel, right? They they stood. They weren't going to bow and worship an idol. They stood up and did the right thing. And then they had the <laughs> cojones <laughs> to tell the king, or at least his, um, you know, person speaking on his behalf. Yeah, that's all right. Um, God can save us. He may choose not to save us, but we're not going to do this. And we're willing to face those consequences. To me, that's always been inspiring. That's kind of one of the reasons why I modified the, (laughs) the standing up, you know, opening, right? Somebody else was doing it. Yeah, in my hometown, and I think the world of that show, 
I don't know the guy personally, and from what I understand, I'm sure he had an interesting life. I don't look to emulate anybody that you know I left behind, but when you say you're standing up for something, you are standing up. You are taking notice. You are interceding. You are putting yourself in the line of fire. You are drawing attention. Now, you can do that in bad ways. You can do it in less than constructive ways, or you can just do it because it's the right thing to do. And I like to believe that the vast majority of the time that I stand up, it's because I'm motivated by doing the right thing. Now, whether I'm taking part in a losing uh, battle in politics or whether I'm standing up for somebody that's being abused, figuratively, literally, however you want to look at it, um, I do what I do because I think it's the right thing. I don't claim to be perfect. I don't claim to be clairvoyant. I don't claim to uh, be above making mistakes. And when somebody can show me that I made a mistake, somebody shows me I got something wrong, I'm always open to, okay, yeah, I need to fix that. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I'll make sure that doesn't happen again, right? That kind of situation happens from time to time. And I don't, I don't want to say this. I have made a practice for quite some time to not comment or not act when I'm spun up. Now, for those of you that listen to the show, you know I can get kind of spun up when I get on a roll in this program. I mean, you know that, you know, 10, 15 minutes in, sometimes I can get quite entertaining. Well, it's one thing to get a little animated when you're talking. It's another thing to take physical action. It's another thing to cross lines verbally that you can't uncross. I mean, there's a certain amount of temptation for a guy like myself. Uh, It's fair to say that I'm physically capable of doing damage if I needed to. It also physically capable of defending myself if necessary. But I choose not to go down that road. I, I believe, or I want to believe, most things can be solved by words. In other words, speaking, talking, interacting, having a conversation. And perhaps that's, you know, something that got passed down by the boomer cons before me. And I picked up on that and I believe it. But the reality is, it's not unheard of that sometimes you got to do something more. Sometimes you've got to be willing to get in the way. Sometimes you're going to be willing to stand up. So when we look at this and we see how these things are playing out and you're wondering how it's going to tie us together, weren't you? <laughs> there are individuals that stand up. They they do what they think is the right thing at the time. And they pay the consequences willingly, some less willingly, but they pay it. There's never zero cost for going against the grain. There's never zero consequence for doing the right thing when everybody else is telling you, no, shut up. No, sit down. No, you're not allowed to think that way. You know, I hearken back to early 2020. The world shuts down and there's a handful of us. We gave it some time, right? Honestly, nobody really knew what was going on. I was fairly confident that the story that they were telling us was not the truth, or at least not the whole truth, but I didn't know what the truth was. I didn't know the whole story, and I wasn't 
full of myself enough to say, well, I know better than all these other people. But I did also know that, quite frankly, almost all the experts that they would ever put on TV or the radio or the internet have been bought and paid for by somebody. Science is really no longer a thing now because somebody else is paying for it. You get the results that you pay for. So there were other people that beat me to the punch. There are other people that became, you know, let's call them cause celebs. There were people that did the right thing, whether they opened their business to let other people go to work, whether they went about their own business, whether they went and opened up their store, whether or not they just went and cared for their neighbor. They just knew that, hey, we have to keep doing things. We cannot shut down. We cannot let this disappear into oblivion. And that's what I think perhaps one of the underlying goals was. And I I shouldn't say goal. I, I think it's maybe not fair. Those that would seek to subject us were hopeful that the outcomes would be dire and the consequences would be severe and that they had manipulated the masses into accepting their latest form of subjugation and the the uh, the monkeys in the room, if you will, would pull down the one person that wanted to grab the rope to climb to the bananas. If you're not familiar with that story, you need to go look it up. There were several of us. There were many of us. And then there was many more of us. You know, Texas might have stayed in lockdown for months longer if there wasn't enough of us that just said, yeah, we're not going to go for that. Now, fortunately, we had Georgia open and then Florida and a couple others that they were willing to say, yeah, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. Why are we doing this? And now you fast forward four years and they're talking about doing similar things or the next, you know, (laughs) bioplague, whatever you want to call it. I'm not on board for that. I'll take the risk. Life comes with risks. There are certain inherent risks to getting up in the morning and driving to work. There are certain inherent risks of eating and then leaving the house and going to do something. Now, yes, you can hide in your house and you can eat whatever every day and never go anywhere and never do anything. And then you'll likely die of lethargy (laughs) or your brain will seize or whatever. People have to live. People have to do things. There is a value to work. There's a value to going out and doing the right thing. Again, you're wondering, why is he bringing this up? Because none of this quit. None of this stopped. None of this is just going to go away. The very people that got away with this are still in power. The very people that sat by silently and did nothing are up for re-election. Now, this is the challenge, right? If you're okay with the status quo, if you think things weren't that bad, then by all means, you should go vote for the incumbent. By all means, you shouldn't question anything. As a matter of fact, why don't you just pick up your stuff and move to California, Illinois, Oregon, New York, New Jersey? I mean, really, if you're never going to question the narrative, if you're never going to be your own person, if you're never going to stand up for anything, quite frankly, we don't need you here in Texas. I came to Texas, you know, with this mythos in my mind of what it was to be a Texan. I came here to become a Texian, to join the club, if you will. I left my Yankee Midwestern stuff back home. Well, with the exception of frozen custard. I'm really glad we have frozen custard on here. But setting that aside, 
all that stuff's up in Yankee land, if you will. And I'm reliably informed by those of you that are questioning me that might be living outside of the state of Texas. Anybody north of the Red River is a Yankee by Texan standards. I think it's a little crazy too, but hey, that's their rules and I got to live with it. That being said, I'm here. I've joined the team. I'm doing my part. I take my show. I talk about these things. I talk about these issues. And now as we've become or (laughs) as we've begun the early election cycle, and I can't change the fact that we've got two weeks of early voting. I can't alter the law because I'm not an elected official in that capacity. But what I can do is continue to call it out. What I can do is continue to remind people that we can make a difference. But you got to quit sitting at home. You got to quit ignoring things. You got to you got to get beyond the notion that I can't make any difference. So you've got two competing world uh, views here, right? One is is the things I do don't really make any difference outside my small sphere that I'm a part of. The other thing says is one great man, one great action can change the world. Well, both can be right and both can be wrong. I suspect that has more to do with the application or the specific instance or time in life. But if we continue to sit on the sidelines because, well, we don't believe the elections are ever fair and we don't believe the elections are winnable and we're not going to waste our time, energy and efforts to go get the right person elected. Well, then, yeah, you got the government you deserve. You got the government that you wanted by abdicating that responsibility. But on the flip side, there are people that literally beat themselves to death on a single election or a single issue. And to the extent that people, quite frankly, just don't want to be around them anymore because they're always harping on that one issue. They're always harping on that one candidate and nothing else matters but the one candidate they're harping for. And honestly... It's unbecoming. Pick your candidate, support your candidate, do the right thing. But guess what? After you spoke to somebody once, twice, three times and told them where you were at and they had a nice play conversation with you, you need to have enough wisdom to just stop. We can be on the same team, but not necessarily want the same exact outcome. We can be on the same team and choose that this person's going to be a better representative for me than that person. There's nothing to say that we can't stand up together and both have different ideas of how this is best to be accomplished, but still agree that what's happening now is wrong. We have to give up the need to be in control. We have to give up the need to mandate specific outcomes. And that goes from me and you involved at a very low level in the grassroots to somebody else and another elected official arguing about what the best way is all the way up to the highest office in the land, right? The president of the United States, POTUS. No, no matter who sits in that office at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the current resident, right? The pretender in chief or the replacement, whomever that may be, whether they have a D or an R after their name, One thing we can be certain of is the administrative state doesn't really care. The administrative state is going to do basically what they want. They're going to 
ignore, cajole, and move things the way they want them to be done. If we really wanted to make a difference, if we wanted to change things, we do have an opportunity. We have an excellent opportunity, but it requires that we have, an, excuse me, men of character. Yes, men is in the Latin sense, meaning men and women, but men of character, people willing to stand up and do the right thing. Now, look, I don't like the decision that was handed down and the opinion from the Hawaiian Supreme Court. The specific issue that they dismissed, I disagree with vehemently. But I do believe they did the right thing. I do believe they pointed out that the Hawaiian Constitution is at the very least co-equal and they as the Hawaiian Supreme Court are at the very least co-equal and that they don't have to be bound by what a court in Washington, D.C. said that they are a free and independent state and they need to act like it. They are an independent sovereign state and they need to behave in such a way as to hold the line. Even the weak sauce Supreme Court justice that currently is, uh, well, I, I don't know, we'll just say John Roberts, even he acknowledged that in this terrible decision that he handed down when they justified the uh, Affordable Care Act, which is not so affordable and doesn't offer so much care. But that being said, where's Texas, right? This is what it comes down to, brass tacks. All we need is five people that have a spine, that have guts, that are going to just say, no, you're wrong. The state of Texas, the sovereign independent state of Texas, the free-minded individuals in the state of Texas, we have determined that under our own constitution, we have these rights, these protections. And oh, by the way, federal government, you were never granted that authority in the first place. So go pound sand. We're going to do what we need to do to protect Texas and put Texas first. Again, something you might have heard from me once or twice before. How do we make the difference? How do we change this? It's by one person standing up and doing the right thing. And they, in turn, will inspire somebody else to stand up and do the right thing. And then perhaps a third person will stand up and do the right thing. Now, Again, maybe you don't believe the solution is in voting for the next person in. I get it. Maybe you don't believe any longer that we can have any outcome on earth that's going to make a significant change going forward. You may be right. But does that mean you quit? Does that mean you just stand by and do nothing? Does that mean you accept defeat and just beg for mercy? I mean, at the very least, the martyrs died declaring their faith. They died standing on their feet, so to speak. What are we doing? What are you willing to do? How are you going to ensure that we have a future of Texas? What other option do you have but to stand up and do the right thing? Stand on what you believe is the right thing. And look, I'm not going to beat somebody up if they disagree with me, if they have a well-reasoned and rational argument for what they believe and why they believe it and what they're willing to defend it by. I respect that. I might disagree with you. I might believe you're dead wrong, but I'm still going to respect you for that. But if you're not going to do anything, if you're going to be milk toast, do nothings, I have no use for you. Please 
reconsider. I hear Maryland's very nice this time of year. And, and sadly, the vast majority of our churches are led by people that lack a spine. They lack guts. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to offend somebody. Why don't we remember our founder, our leader, the man on earth ever being worried about any of that stuff? I don't remember his disciples beyond the night of his crucifixion cowering and hiding anywhere. After that was done, you just couldn't mess with those guys. Twelve men changed the world. Imagine if we had 12,000 people in Texas. What could we do? What should we do? It's as simple and as easy. Get off your butt, spend 30 minutes, 30 seconds, whatever it takes to figure out what you think, why you think it, and who best represents that, and go out and do the very, very basest, minimalist thing you can do is go vote. But if you don't know who you're going to vote for, you don't know why you're going to go vote for them, then tell you what, stay home. If you're going to be told by somebody that is known to be milk toast, well, you must do this or the world's going to end. Yeah, maybe you just need to stay home too. It's not that hard, folks. Figure out what you believe, why you believe it, and go defend it. Go stand up for it. This is the bare minimum you can do. If you want a representative republic, you have to keep it. And this is the way we keep it. And with that, this has been According to Callus, and I will see you on the other side.